Right. Thank right. you so much, Mike. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you so much, Mike. Need to mute. How about that? There we go. There we go. Thanks for putting up with our, our initial little faux pas. I'd like to read to you from the Daily Word with today's opening message, Prosperity. I broaden my perspective of prosperity. When I think of prosperity, I may think of financial wealth or my possessions. I may even feel tempted to compare mine with someone else's and feel as though I come up short in comparison. Today, my understanding of prosperity grows. Feeling safe and secure in who I am is prosperity. Knowing I am gloriously made in the image of God is priceless. Realizing the abundance of the natural world and partaking of it is a gift. All these are wonderful reminders that I reside in the kingdom of heaven. The more I appreciate the riches of the material world, the more I am aware of my greatest prosperity, my oneness with God. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And that's from Matthew 6, 26. Now, please join us in singing while Mike and Karen lead us in Surely the Prayer. You do that again, I did it on mute. Sure. 
And you got to push mute. Push mute. Okay. There we go. Okay. All right. Let's all say our opening statement. Wait, wait. You got to thank Isaac again. <laughs> Thanks, Isaac, again. <laughs> wonderful to have him join in. <laughs> yes, it is wonderful to have Isaac join in. Okay. All right. Let's all say our opening statement together. There is only one presence and one power active as the universe and as my life, God the good. Now, please do, all you folks, stand up, join us in singing while Karen and Mike lead us in our welcoming song, We Are All. Each other, if you're in the center, just please feel free to 
hug or shake or whatever you want, you folks in Zoom land. <laughs> You want these guys hugging you stick your hands on it? Hi, I'm Marlo. I'm Jerry Star. Hi, I'm Marlo. I'm Drew. I'm Hi, I'm Marlo. I was gonna get close to you. Thanks for going. Yeah. Oh, I We'll see how it goes this year. Did you ever make it through the mess last year? Where they made you go paper and then no, that was the state. Oh, oh that wasn't you. That was that wasn't federal. That was federal income tax, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that was the um exemption, tax exemption. Yes, from Dr. Well, I'm gonna tell you. Okay. I got the state one done. Well, that's all been so high. All yours. No problem. Here we are. All right. So wanted to welcome Marlo, Marlo, and Eric for the seeing here. I haven't seen you here before, so come back. We do this every Sunday at 10 o'clock. 
All right, so Johnny's sending out notice and details of recurring events of Grandfather's Indian Christian service, his medicine wheel teachings, and his Chinook, Chinook language discussions. Also, on the fourth Sunday, Dr. Daria will be hosting her circle book and film discussions in the weekly, in his weekly email. And please, do participate in all of the things going on here. Remember, we do practice prayer, meditation, and service. So talk to Susan right here if you would like to volunteer to do a reading in upcoming weeks. Um, anyone else have announcements? Uh, and we do need people. After today, we're in need. Okay. And you'll probably be downstairs, and people can just form a line. Okay. Right. Anybody else? Anything else? Oh, we just wanted to recognize and thank um, Eileen and Johnny for getting out the annual report so that all of the government people are we're good with them. So really, thank you. Thank you. That's huge. All right, please join us in our unity statement, and we'll say that together. We believe in the oneness of life. Yes? Okay. All right, we're getting there. There we go. Okay. We believe in the oneness of life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. Now, let's stand up once again. Join Mike and Karen as they lead us in our song of joy, I Believe in Us.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And this morning, our reading will be shared by Susan. And the reading is the 10 life-changing quotes from the Hindu Bible, the Bhagavad Gita by Matt Caroni. Susan, can I get you to get a little closer to the microphone, please? I can barely hear you. Thank you. <laughs> do I have to say all that again? Jerry says, yes, I do. Okay. <laughs> the reading for this morning is the 10 life-changing quotes from the Hindu Bible by Matt Carone. An ancient Indian book, dense with wisdom, the Bhagavad Gita is the most important and beloved spiritual text to billions of Hindus. Here are some powerful quotes from the Gita that will give you a different perspective on life and maybe even change the way you look at Hinduism. One changes the law of the universe. What you have taken has been from here. What you give has been given here. What belongs to you today belonged to someone yesterday and will be someone else's tomorrow. Change is the law of the universe. There is nothing permanent in the universe. The earth is moving through space. Night follows day. There is always an end and a beginning. True stillness comes from embracing movement, the ebb and flow of life. To be wise is to accept change. To be enlightened is to love change. Two, love the process without depending on the outcome. Set thy heart upon thy work, but never on its reward. It may seem contradictory, but we never engage in action for the sake of reward. This is because seeking a reward binds us to the world and creates karma. Instead, do your work with love. Expect nothing. You are rewarded in the present. Three, meditate. When meditation is mastered, the mind is unwavering like the flame of a lamp in a windless place. Meditation makes you happier. It is a timeless truth. It creates a strong mind that can overcome any obstacle and can help us achieve our dreams. Four, dream big. We're kept from our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. It's so easy to get distracted in life because easier pathways present themselves. But the truth is that if we ever want to find success and fulfillment in life, most of the time we have to choose the harder path. So have no fear when dreaming big. You can. Move your dream into the present moment to manifest it. Five, let go of attachment. You came here empty-handed, and you will leave empty-handed. It's easy to think that we own things, but the truth is that we have temporary ownership of them because when we leave this world, we leave everything. Sensory pleasures are short-lived. When they disappear, they can cause suffering. The wise do not attach their happiness to such pleasures. They go beyond them. Six, the soul is eternal. For the soul, there is never birth nor death, nor having once been, does he ever cease to be. 
He is unborn, eternal, ever existing, undying, and prime and prime primordial. Primeval. <laughs> he is not slain when the body is slain. Birth and death are of the physical world. They are part of the duality that surrounds us, light and dark, hot, heat, and cold. But energy can never be created or destroyed. It transforms from one form to another. Energy is, in essence, non-dual. Consciousness is not of the human body. Seven, everything happens for a reason. Whatever happened was good. Whatever is happening is good. Whatever will happen will also be good. What has happened has happened. There is nothing more to be done. The future is a picture, an illusion. It will never come. It is always now. You control the present. Live it to the fullest. Eight, we are all one. The man who sees me and everything and everything within me will not be lost to me, nor will I ever be lost to him. He who is rooted in oneness realizes that I am in every being. Wherever he goes, he remains in me. When he sees all being as equal, in suffering or in joy, because they are like himself, that man has grown in perfect yoga. We have to get in the habit of seeing through labels and stories and see the inherent goodness in all beings. Every other being wants to be treated like you do, so be nice to them. This is not just the golden rule, but a spiritual law. We are all divine. We are all one. Nine, give without expecting something in return. A gift is pure when it is given from the heart to the right person at the right time in the right place, and when we expect nothing in return. Be pure when giving. Love grows when shared. Give and you shall receive. Ten, you are what you think you are. We behold what we are, and we are what we behold. This can also be thought of as you are what you think. Look for the good in the world and you will become a person of goodness for others. Thank you, Susan. Those are definitely words to live by. Now, please join us as Mike and Karen lead us in our meditations on Loka, Samasta, Sukino, Bhavantu.
You're still muted for us Zoomers. You got to mute them. There we go. Let's try it again. There we go. Let's try it again. Please join us in our affirmations. I am the love of God in expression. I am truly thankful for all the good I already experience. I am growing more prosperous with every day. I am healthy, active, whole, and happy. I am always growing and expanding into the fulfillment of my potential. And I am at peace, knowing everything I need comes to me in the perfect time and in the perfect way. And as this is the fifth Sunday of the month, please join us in manifesting our truth as we say the progressive Lord's Prayer. Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, I am. I am thy kingdom come, I am thy will being done. I am on earth, even as I am in heaven. I am giving this day daily bread to all. I am forgiving all life, even as I am also all life forgiving me. I am leading all people from temptation. I am delivering all people from error. For I am the kingdom. I am the power. 
and I am the glory of God in eternal, immortal manifestation. All this I am. Stuff. Here I speak <laughs> without the big wah-wah <laughs> echo. Boy, talk about uh, taking me back to old days when we used to do that and play around with the sound. Anyway, it's good to be alive and it's good to be back with you personally. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Um, Happy New Year. It is New Year celebration still in other parts of the world, in Asia, in Tacoma. My wife went up to Tacoma yesterday for a, for a Lunar New Year festival and um, the weekend before in Seattle. It's still going on, New Year's all the time. So let me ask you, how's your New Year's resolution? What everyone what on track with the New Year's resolution or revolution? revolution. Is it worth? No. no, it's all right. It's all right. I gave that up a long time ago. Um, but we have our decisions to make with our life. So I want to ask you a question now, a real question. What is your faith? Or to put it another way, what is faith? What is that thing called faith? When, when I ask you that, what is your faith? What's your thought? Do you have a thought of my faith is what? I, my faith is Christian. My faith is Catholic. My faith is Confucian. All in Confucian. Confucianism. <laughs> um, Baptist, Buddhist, Methodist, Muslim. Do you have an orientation of what your faith is? We've done numerous things this morning already about faith and belief, what we believe. And very often, um, belief and faith are seen as equal. But what I want to tell you is I don't think so. I don't think that they are the same. But one derives out of the other. Um, when I was in college back in the 60s, I studied a lot of uh, religion courses and studied theology at UPS in Tacoma. Um, because at that time, I thought, well, I, I was going to be, I felt a call to ministry even from, the, from when I was 17. And I thought, okay, I'll be a Methodist minister because that's, a, that's a, the denomination. That's the non denomination. Okay, now do you hear me? Should I start over? 
No, I just did babbling anyway, so so it doesn't matter. But um, so I thought I would be Methodist, and and they were telling me all these things that uh, about the theology of Paul Tillich and uh, Rudolf Bultmann and these other theologians, and and going back and back and back, and um, and I caught to the point where, well, wait a minute, is is this true? Because there's so much duality in this belief system, the duality of good and evil. And then I took a course in Eastern philosophy, and I read the Bhagavad Gita that you were reading about. Um, and I went, wow, that's true. And then I went, to, I met this woman. She became my yoga teacher, and she didn't twist my arm, but she did twist my mind a bit. And I went to Unity to hear Marcus Bach. He was a great theologian or, or a comparative religion teacher. And then some others as well, Charles King um, and other people. What I found is in unity, they didn't talk about what you should believe. They talked about truth. Okay, And truth being a way of describing the teachings of God, the teachings of God being not just in Christianity, Christian thought, but in Buddhist thought, in Hindu thought, yoga, and in um, many, many others, in Muslim, uh, Islam, and the ideas of devotion to Allah, to God, which, by the way, I say Allah with all respect of not only Muslim, but in Christian as well, because years ago when I was when I was minister in Hawaii, I met a retired bishop of the Anglican Church who had been bishop in Jerusalem. And he told me, and his wife told me, that in, in Jerusalem, in Palestine, they call God Allah. The Anglicans as well as the Muslims. Because that's, that's the given, that's the milieu, the divine milieu, of that region. That's way, the way people speak, okay? So faith is a way of embracing all of that. Faith is a um, something that really means something to you when you get it, and you get it through meditation. You really get it through meditation. When you meditate, spend a half hour every day, every morning if you can, at the, about the same time, and meditate, and, and after a while, after a while, I mean, for me, it's taken years, but it's a years of devotion and years of practice of, of getting to that point of being able to receive the truth wherever it comes, however it comes, whatever alley it may approach us with. There are all kinds of faith, all kinds of ways of, of putting it. But faith is not religious belief. In unity, the teachings are very simple, that God is really also metaphysically described as divine mind. And in divine mind, there are divine ideas. Faith is a divine idea. Love is a divine idea. Understanding is a divine idea. And many more divine ideas. Charles Fillmore wrote the book, The Twelve Powers of Man, in which he describes that within every one of us, within every human being, we are all created 
with these divine ideas in us. And it's not just 12, and it's not just men, it's women, children, boys and girls, everyone who have these divine ideas that we call faculties, okay? These are within everyone. We all have them. Everyone has them. And everyone is naturally good because God, the divine essence, the divine heart has implanted, the divine mother has birthed us, created us all with this divine goodness within every human being. Not only human beings, but all living things, all living things. So when you meditate more and you study more and you open yourself to embrace more of the, this goodness, what you find is that it's everywhere. It's in trees, it's in, it's in um, birds and bees and the, the rivers, the streams, the air, all of creation is the divine essence of God being manifest. So faith is a power that we have, everyone has in our lives. And um, this power of faith gives us the ability, as Mr. Fillmore described in, I have two books I brought of his. Christian Healing, which is also subtitled The Science of Being. Now, I've read this many times. I've had it for many years, and I just saw the subtitle recently, The Science of Being. And you think about that, what you read about from, from the Bhagavad Gita is a, a science of being as well, a science of, of living. And it's a science because, not a hard science, but it's a science because it has been proven by those who practice, practice these teachings for thousands of years. It has worked in their lives and made a huge difference in their lives as you practice the principles and these teachings. And that's true with Christianity too, with the, the Christ teachings, not, <clears throat> excuse me, let me, let me just to differentiate here. Christianity is a an kind of an order, a, a world organization of over a billion people. Um, but the way of Christ is what I follow, which is following the life and the teachings of the Master, Master Jesus. Now, there have been many masters, and he's the one who opened the door for me to this divine essence, this divine mind and divine ideas. Um, and so, but there are other masters, Buddha, Krishna, and on and on. There are many other masters. So it's real important to understand this through your prayer and meditation time and your study to be able to bring this into your consciousness and practice this on a deep level. So what Mr. Fillmore says in these books, the other book is Prosperity. And this is a really powerful book because he wrote it. It was first published in 1936. Now think about 1936. What does that mean? That was during the height or the depth the deepest part of what? The Great Depression. And people were in food lines, bread lines, places. We're talking about homelessness and, and people starving and, and not having any place to go. That's what America was like all over. And he had the 
boldness to pu publish this book and from the teachings that he had been sharing with people at Unity Village in Kansas City at the time um, of how to manifest. And in it, he describes that faith is the perceiving power of mind with the ability to shape substance. In other words, brought a couple things here. Faith is the ability to perceive, <laughs> to see. Is that on? I can't tell. Well, I bring a prop and it doesn't work. <laughs> Show us the light. Ah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> to be able to see, right? And so this is our awareness. Where do we place our focus? Where do we place our awareness? Where do we place our faith? Do we place it in what's possible or what, or what we are afraid is going to happen? What's possible for good and for making it through whatever challenge we have? Or do we place it in all of the problems, all that could go wrong? Because faith has such power in our life to manifest what we place it in. You get it? You understand what I'm saying? That, that faith is not just some gobbledygook thing, but it is a power in your own consciousness. And that power gives you the ability to form the substance. Now, in the Bible, it says faith is the confidence in things hoped for and the what is that word? It's it's from right right in in my Bible, and I think if you have a Bible, it's there too. It's the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And so that conviction and that ability to give shape to the substance, the goodness, the actual adventine particles of the universe that we have the ability to do something in our life. And sometimes it takes a nudge from someone else, you know? Sometimes it takes someone else to come along and bump us into action. There was a man um, who was a um, custodian at a school, and he was, um, what was his name? Let me look for it here. Let me fight it. I mean, I'm looking for it, but I'm not coming up with it. Um, do, 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 do. Anyway, he was custodian in a school. And one day the principal walked up to him and said, I would rather see you correcting papers than picking them up. And that was just the nudge he needed to go for it. And in going for it, he started going to school. And he was probably night school, and he worked hard enough and got his degree, got a teaching certificate. And then in the past few years, he became principal of that same school where he had been custodian 27 years earlier. That's faith in action. That's manifesting not just a dream, but manifesting what we are capable of doing, of really bringing 
those along because when you get to that point of principle you can attract to you or draw along with you greater and greater things there is a term from yoga <clears throat> hinduism and buddhism called sanskaras are you familiar with sanskaras you're familiar with that has anyone ever told you about sanskaras Sanskaras is an interesting concept uh, and fact, I think. Um, and it is um, basically those, the channels in our consciousness that develop and maintain habits and behavior patterns that are destructive, such as jealousy, um, superiority, super, thinking you're superior to others, as well as inferior inferiority, uh, jealousy, hatred, um, all kinds of ways that lead to violence, that lead to degradation and abuse of ourselves and others. Um, these sanskaras think about um, well. One example I have is that that when I was sixteen, I worked on a farm in eastern Washington, and every day my job was to get out in a field, in whether it was an alfalfa field or sugar beet field and move the irrigation pipes. These were 30 and 50 foot irrigation pipes. They were about four to six inches in diameter. And I would pick them up and move them ahead 30 or 40 feet, something like that. In the field across the road from out of the farm I worked on was a mint field. And that mint field had the old form of gravity feed and they would simply siphon water out of the canal and and with that siphon it would run into a row and the water would run down the row you've seen that right that's what a sanskara does in our consciousness it runs down the row and it takes the the the, the way of least resistance but it creates a groove in consciousness that becomes habitual, habitual behavior, habitual reaction, habitual thinking, habitual feeling in our life that is holding us in a kind of a prison, in a kind of a bondage of, well, that's just human nature. When you understand that and really go deep enough in that, you find that you are not just limited to human nature because you have a choice. And that choice is your faith can allow you to move beyond what was in the past and, and the way you were brought up and, and all those things, the way you were even taught, in, whether in school or in church or, or in society or on the job. And you have a, a, the ability to let your faith guide you through, guide you through. Faith is an incredible thing. Another analogy I use for faith is um, sailing. Or, I, I think I've mentioned, and I don't know if any of you have been on a sailboat and really sailed, but mentioned that I we have a sailboat and I love going sailing when the weather's warm, <laughs> not in January, but but when it's when it's uh, comfortable and compatible. But one time, this was the year two thousand and one, in the summer of two thousand one. I, we went, Jane and I went with others, uh, our friends, on their boat, and they took us out from Olympia, uh, the marina, out to 
Squaxin Island. Are you familiar with that area of Puget Sound? Or now it's the Salish Sea. Uh, call it, we call it the Salish Sea between Hartstein and Squaxin. And we were just sitting there. It was a calm day, glassy water. And we had a bite to eat on the boat. And, and then uh, Keith said, well, let's put the sails up. I said, Keith, what do you mean? There's no wind. He said, don't worry, don't worry. So we put the mainsail and then the Genoa up. And we're sitting there, and they're flat. Nothing's happening. He said, don't worry. It comes up at about 5 every afternoon in the summertime. We sat there for a while longer, and sure enough, the wind came up and filled the sails and took us home, took us back to the port. And that's the way faith is. It takes you home. That's, you know, Jane and I love going out on, on trips up, up farther up in the Salish Sea, up to the islands, and sometimes we and hope this year to go up into Canada, to the Gulf Islands, off in Vancouver Island. And what we find is, what my experience has been, every time I've gone out, we always come home. We always, it always brings us home, just like faith. Marriage is a journey of faith. Believe me, whether it's five years or 50 years, it's, or however long or however it works, it is a journey of faith because like when Jane and I got married over 50 years ago, we had no clue what we were doing. We had no clue where we were going with it. But you just stay with it. You just stay with it through fog and through storms and through uncertainty and fear and children and all kinds of challenges of becoming a minister and her becoming a minister's wife, which she didn't sign up for. But the, that all the differences that we have to deal with in our life. Darkness cannot be, can, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Martin Luther King Jr. said that. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. And I say that because not only because I deeply appreciate <clears throat> Martin Luther King Jr., and he was a big influence on my becoming a minister. But the, that ability that we have to bring light into any situation with our faith, whether it turns on when we expect it to or how we expect it to or not, it's still there. We put our awareness there, and it works for us. Another thing about um, sails, sailing that I've come to appreciate is that on our boat, um, we have what's called an auto helm. Uh, it's like an automatic pilot. And so we set, set a direction, and with when we, yeah, but you have to turn it on because we sail for a long time without using it or, or just travel by motor a long time without using it. But if you put this auto helm on, then it will keep you within five degrees, one way or the other, of what you set it on. And, and I have a little compass here that I carry with me. Most times I go because I like to know what I'm looking at, what direction, and to get orientation. But faith is like an autopilot for us because it will keep us going where we are destined to go. It will help us to find our way through all of the, these challenges that we have in life, whether it is illness or 
or lack or whatever it is. We have this faith, the ability to perceive what's possible and then to give it form and shape in our life that will make a big difference for good for us and as well as for others. One of the things that I've come to appreciate is that the truth is not just in unity or or it's in everything. It's everywhere. And one of the very common um, thoughts or principles that I have read and heard and spoken comes from um, Buddhist thought. In fact, we may have even been singing some of that this morning. May all beings be held in compassion. May all beings be free from pain and suffering. May all beings be free from sorrow. May all beings be in peace. So with that, with all of our faith that we have in our consciousness, in our hearts, let's take a time now for meditation, shall we? Let's get still and turn within. Our breath helps us to relax. We turn our attention deeper and deeper within. Not just analyzing the room we are in, not just analyzing the thoughts that float by, but turning deeper and deeper within ourselves. And in this interior of our being, this inner place, we open ourselves up with the silence, with the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, to move us, to guide us. in how to live our lives, how to live this day, to heal our lives past and present. Then we give thanks for all of the good, for all of the growth, and all of the opportunities. 
We give thanks for all of the wonderful teachers in our life. And we call forth the love in our hearts to flow through our hearts to bless all those who've been our teachers, all those in our friends, family, in those realms of all our relations. We bless them with love and gratitude. And we thank you, Lord of love, for blessing us this day with this life that we have and all of the good that we can share. And that we can be a part of the healing of this planet, healing of all the people, of all the beings, the healing of planet Earth. The air and the water, the earth. And so it is. Thank you, teacher. Hmm. Now, let us say our offering statement. While we are here together in spirit, physically and virtually, we want to thank everyone who has donated to our center by mail. We appreciate any checks sent to the church here at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia, Washington, 98531. You can also contribute online by clicking on the donation page on our website, which is unityofcentralia.net. We deeply appreciate all of the ways that you give of your time, your talents, and your treasures. Now, let us hold our offerings in our hands or and or in our hearts as we say our offering prayer together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. God is Are the markers gone? Gone, gone, gone.
Are you there, Mike? Garrett? Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. The sanctuary is currently muted. It's okay, we'll, we'll pray with them until they figure it out. <laughs> Prayer of protection. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is. nice where you are Fred <laughs> beautiful sunny day oh, there's North some... Carolina right on the coast nice looks like Amy's doing something huh I think maybe she just became a member uh, 
Joanne's youngest daughter. Play it a couple times today. <laughs> okay, sanctuary, give me a thumbs up if you can hear me. No? Well, then they're on their own. <laughs> Let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. Let there be peace on earth, the peace that was meant to be. Everybody brings a little food for potluck, and it doesn't matter if you haven't brought anything, there's always more than enough. So feel free to hang out. Be right there, Johnny. Be right there. Yeah, huh? It's all pizza down there, all kinds of stuff. Hi, Fred. Hi, Jerry. What's going on over there? 